turn to this text this morning for the preaching of God's Word. I have to use my phone for a clock today, our clock up at the top. So if you see me looking down frequently this morning, that's why, just making sure I keep track of time. Psalm 46, hear now the reading of the word of the Lord. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let us pray and ask God's blessing on us this morning. Our Father in heaven, we come before you this morning and ask that you would speak to us through your word. Open our eyes that we may see wondrous things out of your law. Lord, would you comfort those this morning who are brokenhearted? Would you raise them that they may drink from the river of delight that makes them glad? Lord, would you confront those who in the pride of their hearts think they can resist you? Father, would you be present with us through Jesus Christ, ministering to us his word, turning our eyes heavenward to see his glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is our second psalm that we are looking at over these next several weeks. And this is a rather famous psalm for us. It's so famous that one of Martin Luther, his most famous song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, is based upon this hymn. I know for many of us, this may be a psalm you have turned to in your life in difficulty. And I'd like us to delve into the meaning of this for us today. Let me give us a little bit of structure as we look at this psalm before we look at the meaning of it today. There's three distinct units in here. God is declared as our refuge at the beginning, and we hear that the earth is in tumult, is in violent upheaval in the midst of what is happening in the life of the people of God. And then we have two more sections given to us, that God is with his people, feeding them, nourishing them, delighting them from his river, and that he is with them as a fortress. And then lastly, we see here that God is the one who makes all wars cease, who brings the 
tumult of the world, the kingdoms of this world to an end, and we hear this final declaration that he will be exalted and that he is our fortress. So we see this as the structure given to us this morning, and I would like to see this as the three ways of God is our refuge, that God is our gladness, and God will be exalted. God is our refuge, God is our gladness, and that God will be exalted. Now, you may wonder, why is this psalm important for us today? I don't think it would take much effort to go out into this world and find reasons why we need to hear a psalm like this as a body of Christians today. This world feels like it is in tumult. It feels like everything that we know that is right and good is being overturned around us at every moment. We see the LGBT agenda being pressed at every corner in our society, that Christians are being relegated. In fact, persecution seems to be growing day by day in our society. And so we wonder, Lord, where are you in the midst of this? What is our hope? Where do we turn? But this psalm is not just simply for the kingdoms and nations of this world as they conduct their political and social affairs. Many of you may find yourself in this psalm in all different kinds of ways. You might have your own upheaval in your own life, the struggle that you feel that the world has been turned upside down on you, and you don't know where to go. This is a psalm for all of us today, that God is our refuge, that he is our fortress. And so I'd like to look at this today. God is our refuge. The psalm begins by telling us that he is our refuge and then turns to tell us that we will not fear, though all of the world is turned upside down. The tumult of the earth, the psalmist describes right here. Mountains being cast into the heart of the sea. The waters, the chaotic waters around them that are foaming, roaring against them, threatening the lives of the people of God. The earth itself is giving way underneath them. I wonder, have you ever been in an earthquake before? Now, Wisconsin is not a state commonly known for its earthquakes when the ground shakes underneath you. I, being from California, have experienced a few earthquakes in my lifetime. I know what it's like when you feel the earth giving way underneath your feet, when the foundations of the earth are being tossed around you, underneath you. Earthquakes are a common experience. I can count on one hand uh, in a, just in a couple of years the amount of uh, earthquakes I experienced, but often they would be a short jolt where suddenly the building shakes, it's almost like when you're out with fireworks or a bomb or some type of small explosion happens, a gunshot or something, and you feel the windows shake. But every once in a while, a huge earthquake would hit. I remember the Landers earthquake. None of you may remember this, but in 1992, there was a significant earthquake in Southern California. I was eight years old, and it was a Sunday morning. My parents were in the choir at our church, and they had left early that morning to sing in the choir, And they would return after they did their singing to get us to bring us back to church. So me, my 12-year-old brother, my 10-year-old brother, myself, and my 7-year-old sister were at home by ourselves when this huge earthquake hit. And literally, the ground is moving underneath you. It is one thing when the walls shake. It is another thing when the ground below you is unstable. It is the most jarring feeling you can almost ever experience. You have absolutely no 
control. I was terrified. We ran, as you're supposed to do, under a stable object, our kitchen table, a large oak table. I remember hiding terrified, thinking this thing is not strong enough if this house collapses down on me. It felt like a flimsy shelter. My hands were useless. I could not put my hands on the ground to still it. It was terrifying. It was a terrifying reality. And that is what the psalmist wants us to know and to come to mind in our, in our text this morning. Now behind this text lies an ancient Near East concept of a world at unrest. That earthquakes are common in the Middle East. And they use this in much of their literature. And there is competing views about how to put, make sense of this world in all its chaos. And some of these foreign gods, foreign religions, viewed that it was part of the panoply, the various gods that existed that were at war with one another. You had those who were in control of the different parts of creation, the earth, the seas, the mountains, the sky, different gods for all of these. Yet here we see no gods associated with any of these things. It is simply the world in unrest. The ancient people of Israel were tempted to turn to these false gods to explain why all these things were happening. That there was this struggle and you need to turn to these different gods to still the world around them. And there are same ways that we, as this world turns over on itself for us today, are tempted to turn to the false gods of this world. And here God is challenging us not to believe in the false gods around us. The false explanations that this world gives us for why the world is in tumult. The world is destabilized and it seems to throw us into confusion. But the psalmist declares, we will not fear. We will not fear. Why? Because God is our refuge. He is over and above and outside of this world. The tumult of this world cannot touch him, cannot change him, Yet he is present with us. And we do not need to fear. Because God is our refuge. What's interesting about this statement that God is our refuge as the world is turning over on itself is that God is not something presented to us outside. That in the midst of this world, in the midst of everything in upheaval, God is our refuge. God does not simply provide something external to himself as our refuge. God provides himself as our refuge. It is to him that God's people flee and he who dwells with his people. So the question for us today is, where do you flee? Where are you fleeing right now in the midst of your upheaval in your life? As you look at the world around you, what are you fleeing to? Are you fleeing to God? Are you fleeing to some other God for refuge? Yet here the psalmist declares that God is our refuge, but then he moves to an interesting new scene before us. The world around us is in upheaval. 
That God is present with us. But now he presents a river. And this is a river whose streams make glad. That's our second point this morning, that God is our gladness. What is the image that's being presented to us here? Where is this river with its streams? One would want to think this is a picture of Jerusalem, the city of God. And that's appropriate in this time. But this is something much more than the city in the Middle East. See, we are, beginning, we are being led to the very beginning of Scripture. As we will see in a moment, we are being led to the very end of Scripture. This is not simply a description of Jerusalem, but also of Eden, the Garden of Eden, the great garden of God. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. This river has streams. It branches apart and it waters the people of God. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 10, it says, A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. What the psalmist is teaching us here is that God has an Eden for the people. He has a place of refreshment, of perfection, a place where no ill can fall us. He is leading them back to Eden. But we are being taught here to look beyond Eden. Look beyond the Eden of this earthly world. Beyond even the earthly city of Jerusalem. And we see this clearly as this imagery is picked up at the end of Scripture in Revelation chapter 22. Verse 1 of chapter 22 says, The angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city. Also, on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Why is this being presented to us? This image of an Edenic setting. What God is teaching the people of Israel through this psalm and is teaching us today is that we have access to this river now. That you, with God as your refuge, can drink of these waters now. This is not simply something that is set for us in the future as true as that is, that this is something for the people of God, no matter where they are, in the circumstances of their life, that they can drink from these waters that make glad. It is something that awaits us in the future, but it is something that is present to us now. And it is present to us in Jesus Christ himself. Because the waters that are presented to us Jesus says, is himself. The one who is seated on the throne, nourishing his people. Remember what Revelation chapter 2 says, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. These waters are flowing from Christ. Jesus says in John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, 
If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. See, Jesus Christ is the one who has conquered the upheaval of this world, the upheaval of this earth, and the gates of hell. This picture that's being presented to us in the first section of this psalm is ultimately a picture of what hell is like. A world turned over on itself, the fires raging, the waters of the earth boiling and foaming. Yet Jesus Christ is the one who has stilled those waters. He is the one who has been victorious over the overturning earth. And he is the one sitting enthroned at the right hand of God the Father. And you and I have access now to that throne through Jesus Christ. We have access because he has raised us with him to sit with him on that throne even now. Ephesians chapter 2. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that, this is how you know you can drink of these waters today. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. And this is the hope that we have from this passage today that in the midst of this life, Christ has conquered all these things and he now can give to us this water of life. He has united us to himself, raised us with him. We have now assurance that all the things that this life throws at us will be conquered because Christ himself has conquered them. This does not overturn the difficulties that we face in this life now. It doesn't say that they don't exist, but it brings them into proper perspective. It orients our hearts towards the truth of what's ultimately real. We think that this earth is everything when we are in trouble. And what the psalmist is calling us to is to direct our attention heavenward to these waters that make us glad. And it orients us so that we can rejoice in all circumstances, as we heard from Philippians. That in all circumstances in life, we can give thanks because God is with us. God is in the midst of us, his city, and he will help us. He will help us even though it feels like darkness right now. Dawn is coming and that light will help us. And therefore, God is our refuge even in the midst of all the troubles of this life. When we feel defenseless, when we feel the earthquakes of this life shake the very foundations of our being, where even the ground beneath us we have no control over and we seek to put our hands to still it and nothing happens, God is present to help. And he will help us. We are secure in, this, in Jesus Christ. 
Because whatever this world can take away from us, we look at this world around us, if they can take our jobs, our money, our family, even our lives, Jesus Christ restores all of these things in the fullest expression in heaven. And we will be brought near to our Lord to a new indestructible life where we will forever drink from these waters. But the last thing that this psalm presents to us is that God will be exalted. The hope that we have. God is our refuge. God gives us gladness. But God will be exalted. See, God is not only the victor over the tumultuous realities of this world, the upheaval that we face in our own lives. He is also the victor over his enemies. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. See, this teaches us that God has not entrusted the sword to the church to execute our enemies. While in Israel, they had that responsibility entrusted to them that anybody who dwelt inside the land of Israel, if they turned against the people of God, they were to be put to death. But it is ultimately God who carries this out in the end. And the sword that has been given to the church today is the word of God. The gospel. God has shown us in Jesus Christ that he is delaying the final judgment in order to save those in this world who would otherwise receive this judgment. See, we as Christians, we actually greet this day of destruction that is coming. We welcome the day of the Lord. We look forward to this day. We look forward to it because God will bring an end to all the unrest that this world throws at us. But we wait for it. And like Elijah's servants who could not see the armies of God standing around him, and Elijah prays and God opens his servant's eyes to see the hosts of heaven surrounding him, that he is defending his people even when we do not see it. That the Lord of hosts is with us. He is the one who is surrounding his enemies even now. He will bring all the evil in this world to an end. He will make all wars cease. And he will make all kings and nations submit to him. That day is coming. It is not now, but it is coming. And just as God melts the earth with his voice, he will burn all the weapons that is wheeled against his people with fire. He will destroy it all and bring an end to it. But there is a call to the world that is given in this passage. Knowing this reality that is coming, that God will bring an end to all the weapons this world devises against God and his people. There is a call. It is to be still and know that he is God. This is first a call to those who oppose Jesus Christ. 
First, it is a call to those who stand against God to be still, to cease, to stop, to rest from all of their fightings and warrings against God. If you do not trust Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, this call is for you. Be still. Stop fighting God. The reason you must stop fighting against God is because He tells us clearly that He will be exalted. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. All nations, all the earth will show and declare that Jesus is the King. Being still and knowing that He is God is repenting and turning from your sin today. Forsaking the way that you have walked in rebellion against God. And turning to Jesus Christ, the one who has borne that judgment on himself for the sake of those who would turn to him. But this is also a call to us today for Christians. It is a comfort for us. It is a comfort in the midst of the upheaval of this world, the own upheaval in our lives, that whatever opposes and threatens us, That our Lord is God. And we can be still. We can be still. When the nations rage. When the kingdoms are tottering. When the waters roar and foam. When the earth is turning up and over on itself. We can have hope because God will be exalted. Anything that happens in this world will be brought to an end. It will be brought before the judgment seat of God. Everything will be exposed before him and will receive its due justice. And that is why in the midst of everything that happens in this world, we can be still. We can be at peace. It is God's kindness towards us that while we may face a temporary Upheaval, but he has stilled those who belong to him. So we hear the calls that this passage gives to us today. Christian, do not fear. Do not be afraid. As verse 2 tells us, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Christ has conquered. He has conquered over all things. He has passed through into the heavens. And there is nothing that this world can take from you that you do not already have in Jesus Christ. Do not fear, but Christian, be glad. Be glad as you drink from the waters of Jesus Christ. He gives these freely to you. There is nothing you do to earn drinking from this. It is a gift from his hand. That now we drink from this by faith, looking and trusting in our Savior who is seated at the right hand of God for us. But one day we will see him face to face who has conquered Satan, 
who has conquered the curse that works against this world. But Christian, the last hope for you today is that the Lord of hosts is with us. To our God belongs the armies of heaven. Yes, the armies of this world may rise up against us. But to us belongs the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven, the Lord of the armies of the angels, myriads and myriads, whom no weapon of this world can touch. And no one who comes against the people of God will stand in the end. That is hope for you today. So do not fear. Be glad in the waters that God gives us from Jesus Christ. And remember that the Lord of hosts is with you. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, for we are unworthy people before you. Yet you have called us to yourself and you have set yourself as the protection for us. You are our fortress. Lord, how quickly and easily we forget this. We forget that you are dwelling in us by your Spirit. Our eyes are turned to the things of this world, and as Martin Luther said, they threaten to undo us. So, Lord, let us turn our eyes in faith to Jesus Christ, that he is our hope, he is our salvation no matter what we go through in this life. Strengthen our hearts to cling tightly to Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen.